this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Now the 11 disciples went to the Galilee, the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Today I'm going to be reading from Matthew 28, and I'm just going to read four verses, and I invite you to read along with me if you have your Bibles. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, our text today is the last teaching passage of Jesus in the Gospels. It's known as the Great Commission. Go out and make disciples. Baptize and teach them what I have commanded you. It's a beautiful passage, a commissioning of sorts. It's a sending forth of the disciples out into the world. And over the next three Sundays, I'm going to be doing something a little different than I normally do. I actually want to spend some time talking about the tradition our church is a part of, the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, this beautiful tradition our church is a part of. And I'm going to use uh, the identity statement for the Christian Church Disciples of Christ to sort of center our talk. And Here's what the statement says. We are a movement for wholeness in a fragmented world. As part of one body of Christ, we welcome all to the Lord's table as God has welcomed us. I'm going to talk about movement today and then wholeness and table in the coming weeks as a theme. My hope here over these next three weeks is that you're going to learn something new, but also that you will reflect a little bit more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus to claim him for your own in your life, and also what it means to be the church in the world today in 2021. And maybe, like me, over the years, a time or two, when you've spoken about your faith, you find yourself wanting to maybe speak with disclaimers, like, I'm a Christian, but I'm not that kind of Christian. And being a minister, I certainly have come to terms with the fact that just by my vocation, people always assume things about me. Nowhere is that made more clear to me than when I am on an airplane and someone beside me asks me a simple question like, what do you do for a living? Now, when this happens, I can most assuredly promise you that this will go three different ways. The first way is when I say I'm a minister in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, they will immediately get awkward 
clam up and maybe apologize for the cuss word they said while putting the bags in the overhead compartment. Or, number two, they will get confessional and begin to share their whole life story, their sins, their regrets, their big meaning of life questions they've always wondered about, which is totally fine, but I probably have just bought myself a good magazine that I'm really excited about reading over the next few hours. Or third, and this happens to me, my most favorite, is they get curious. Who are you people? I like to tell people that we are a church of an expansive welcome. I love to tell people that. I love to tell people you need to go check us out. Find us online. Look in your local community. We're, we're a wonderful bunch. You need to know us. Check us out. But our statement says that we are a movement for wholeness in a fragmented world. And we are a particularly American church. If you love history, then you will get this. The way we look, we are a church that was shaped and formed by people of the American frontier, by Christians who valued freedom without dogmatic structure and authority to define them. They valued simplicity, and all that we need is the Bible to guide us, no, no creeds, no bishops to tell us what to do. We just need the Bible to guide us. And they valued unity. They valued unity. That Christians shared so much in common that our Savior united us. That there was more that united us than divided us as a body of Christ. And they believed in that. They actually believed that that Lord's Supper, the heart of our worship, was an example and time of unity when the body of Christ would come together. And by remembering that meal, we would receive Jesus' grace and mercy and remember who we are and who we belong to and thereby go out into the world and share that love with others. When Zach was ordained here into Christian ministry, you, you might have not even noticed it, but when he was ordained here to be a minister, he wasn't ordained into First Christian Church. He didn't make vows to serve First Christian Church or even the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. He made vows to serve the whole church, the messy and beautiful church all around the world, the body of Christ in all its many forms. And when we baptize into the faith here, we're not just baptizing you into the waters of First Christian Church as a Christian. We're baptizing in the entire body of Christ. We are a movement of Christian unity in the world. And if you'll hang with me here on this brief historical detour, we, even from our very beginning, I want you to see that that that's who we've always been, this movement of Christian unity. Um, in Bourbon County, 1832, there was a revival around the Cane Ridge Meeting House led by a pastor named Barton Stone. And the thing that was interesting about that revival, one, that it was super huge, so many people there, but it was Christians from all over, all different flavors of Christianity. They got together and they worshiped together and they had communion together. And it was the start 
of a revival of a spirit of Christian unity that spread like wildfire through Kentucky and beyond. And our church, our church is a part of that, that spark. In 1849 in Hopkins County, we had 14 founding members who started First Christian Church of Madisonville. Around that same time in Pennsylvania, there was a minister by the name of Alexander Campbell who was preaching essentially the very same thing, unity, simplicity with just scripture, uh, central of the Lord's Supper to be a part of our church and our faith. And these two movements, ones were calling themselves Christian church, one said, oh, just call us disciples of Christ. We'll keep it simple. And that is how we got this long name that is sometimes one or the other and sometimes put together because along the way, the two movements became one as the Christian church, disciples of Christ. So I give you this really meandering history lesson because I want you all to realize that our church has been a part of a movement. And frankly, it's not just a movement of the Christian church. It's a movement of the entire Christian faith. For 2,000 years, people who followed Jesus with their lives, who began by calling themselves followers of the way. And throughout 2,000 years of history, time and culture and language and customs, the story of Jesus continues to be told in the world, and you and I are part of that legacy. You are part of that legacy. It even began when Jesus called his disciples to come and follow me. And Jesus said, go and make disciples Baptize and teach them what I have commanded you. Well, what exactly has Jesus commanded us? Well, I know that in the upper room, just after he washed the disciples' feet, he told them that he was giving them a new commandment, to love one another as I have loved you. I know that one time someone asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. He took two commandments from his own Jewish tradition and put them together. No greater commandment than these. Love God and love neighbor. But here's the thing. We can't really do that sitting still. We can't love as he loved. We can't serve as he served. We can't be his people who offer his mercy and love and forgiveness and healing in the world sitting still. This movement that Jesus has given us is expansive to all nations, to all the world. It says Gentile and Jew, man, woman, young, old. He's erasing old lines of division and to baptize and to show others the love of Jesus. And we are here today because somewhere along the way, those disciples who first heard him found the courage to walk down the mountainside and to go and to tell the good news. 
And those disciples who were first called along the banks of the Sea of Galilee to drop their nets and to follow him, they went. They went. It started with an invitation to follow him. We churches aren't exactly known for our get-up-and-go-ness these days, are we? Methodist minister Will Willimon, he really puts it quite bluntly when he writes, to many outside the church, the church is like a football huddle. You know that something important is being said there, but you can't understand a word of it, and all you can see is the rear ends. (laughs) Not my quote. Churches can be really good at talking in circles of looking inward and trying to dig our heels in and refuse, frankly, to go where he calls us. We can be really good at talking a good talk, and sometimes, if we're not careful, we can end up with churches and people and ministers who don't actually look too much like Jesus. Now, I've told you this before, but I couldn't help but think of it this week as I was talking about the importance of movement because years ago when I was a teenager, my aunt took my cousins and I to a hang gliding training center in Chattanooga. And it was the sort of thing that for a few bucks, they would give you a lesson on hang gliding and then you would get to go up to a mountainside and you would, they had a sort of zip line cable that went from the mountain to the ground and the hang glider hung from another cable and you could jump off the edge of a mountainside and hang glide. It was all the fun of hang gliding without the risk of your impending death. So I was in. And thing is, the plan was somebody on the speaker was counting down And then somebody up top with me in the harness would let go at one, would unhook the glider for safety reasons. And I was to run and soar into the sky. And three, two, one happened. They unhooked me. And I I was not running and I was not soaring into the sky. In fact, I was not going to go. Except the weight of the glider on the cable and just gravity was so much that it literally dragged me off the edge of the mountain, unwilling to go. My heels were in the dirt. I was dragged over the edge, kicking and screaming. It was not a pretty look. The pictures were not great. (laughs) And I, I tell you this because sometimes I think we are so scared of the unknown. We are so frightened of what we don't think we can control or predict that we try really hard to just dig our heels in and stay right where we are. Because maybe where we are isn't exactly great and wonderful, but at least it's predictable. At least we know what to expect. We are called to move. We are called to be a people on the move. Like the song, the South African spiritual, we are walking in the light of God. We are walking in the light of God. And the good news for you and for me is that sometimes 
when the mountain seems way higher than we imagined. Sometimes when the edge is frightening and we are so scared of what is ahead, the good news is that he has promised us that he is with us. Remember, remember I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So what are you still digging your Where in your life might God be calling you to walk more fully with him? I want to close today in prayer. So let's pray. Gracious and holy God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.